For anyone starting a business, you're going to essentially have to work two jobs until the income from your new business replaces that of your nine to five job. That's very true of becoming a full-time creator too. It's a lot of work. You wake up, check your emails for your creator gig, and then you go to your work nine to five, come home, and likely spend hours after running your influencer business. Not to mention, you have to try and find time for your hobbies, rest, and obviously your friends and family too. Finding the perfect balance between your nine to five job and building your creator business takes a lot of trial and error. And no one knows this better than Aaron Chow, a creator who is truly doing it all. I'm Kristen Wuskan. I've been a full-time creator for over three years and I've brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Today, Toronto-based creator Aaron Chow, who empowers women to build a lifestyle of inner and outer confidence, is truly dropping gems on what it's like to work two full-time jobs and somehow find time for sports, friends, and family. She's been a creator for three plus years and has created her platform to be real, raw, and authentic, showing her audience that not everything you see online is real. Her mission is to build realistic expectations with what people are seeing online. Today, we're diving into how to balance your 9-to-5 job while building your creator business and what it's like if you don't want to quit that full-time job. This My Biz BFF is Social Scoop. I am teaming up with the wildly successful TikTok creator and coach Sky Garcia of Managed by Sky and the queen of personal branding, Alyssa Chan Evangelista, to create the ultimate tool for creators who are looking to level up their personal branding, create a content strategy that actually works, and make money working with brands. The waitlist is officially open, and you can get on this waitlist to get access to our pre-sale, who is going to get plenty of really great deals included just by clicking on the link down in our show notes. If you're ready to become a master creator with this really great tool that we're going to be releasing very, very soon, make sure to get on that waitlist. Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 90 of Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen, and as always, I'm so excited that you are here. This week, Instagram is working on the ability to add polls to your comments, which I think would be really, really cool. You would be able to basically attach a poll to the comments of a certain post that people could actually vote in. Honestly, there's not a lot of information about this thus far, so I don't know the details of the logistics of how this is going to work, but overall, the idea of having polls in your comments, I think is actually really, really cool. A great way to get people engaged, and I'm actually very excited for it. Another piece of news that we don't really have a lot of information about, but I had to mention, is that Instagram is working on a new Twitter-style app called Barcelona. Don't know what the name means. Not sure why it's called Barcelona. Um, Seems very out of left field for an an app that's similar to Twitter. Also, shouldn't we be focusing on the one app that we already have like a thousand issues with? Just my opinion here, but I would be very curious to see what happens with this. Instagram is also testing the ability for other people to download your Instagram reels. In your settings, you'll be able to toggle on or off this setting to allow people to hit download and actually download your reels. I, at this point, do not know if that means that we'll have the watermark on it that shows your handle. I sure hope so, so that you can make sure that you're properly credited for any video that someone downloads and shares that's yours. But 
this is very new, so we'll have to see what happens. Instagram is also working on a send message profile banner ad. This is also another option that you can toggle on or off, and it will allow people to click the banner to send you a message when they arrive on your profile. I really like this personally because I think it really encourages people to have more messaging interactions, and I think we can all agree that that's where we have the closest connections with people. That's where things feel the most kind of like relatable and intimate and personable. I honestly love spending time in the DMs if I'm going to spend time anywhere on Instagram. So I'm really happy to see that they are encouraging more messaging interactions with this option to have that as a kind of like a banner ad on your Instagram. If you want to find out more information about the four pieces of news that I shared with you today, all of the links accompanied by photos are actually down in the show notes. You can click on the link to check all of those out. And without further ado, let's dive into the rest of this episode. So many of the creators that I chat with are also balancing nine to five jobs, at least right now, maybe while they're trying to get this to be their full-time job, or maybe they don't want it to be their full-time job at all, but they still have a job to worry about in terms of balancing everything. So Erin is here with us today because she also works a nine to five job and I feel like also has like 50 other hobbies and activities. Um, So she is the queen of balancing all things with content creation. So Erin, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yay. So for anyone who doesn't know you yet, I would love to have you kind of just give us a rundown of who you are and what you do. For sure. So hi, everyone. I'm Erin. I'm a Toronto lifestyle content creator. And my mission statement is all about empowering women to build a lifestyle of inner and outer confidence. So we talk a lot about self love, self growth, and really just building confidence to be unapologetically yourself for the inner confidence side and the outer confidence side. We talk a lot about products I love to use, wear and eat that make me feel like a badass on the outside and confident as well. I love that. I feel like you maybe have like said your mission statement like a thousand times because I feel like you just presented that so beautifully (laughs) oh thank you yeah I was like someone by the name of Kristen really helped me form that really well (laughs) I love it yeah I'm like I am I stand mission statements I really I think they're so important (laughs) so I'm glad that you've got yours down so tell us a little bit about like you and content creation in terms of like you as a content creator, but also like your outside life. Cause again, we're talking about like all your jobs and hobbies and I feel like you do so much. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So like to give you a little like rundown of my day, I usually like wake up really early and I coach volleyball from like seven to 8am. And then I work nine to five at a software company. Then after that, I'll either after work be like hanging out with my friends or I play volleyball or I play soccer or I go to like influencer events. And then when I get home is when I start my influencer work. So like a lot of like editing, drafting emails, negotiating invoices, all that stuff. And I probably would have been at like 1 or 2 a.m. I was just about to ask, when do you go to sleep? Because that is, feels like it's not enough sleep. Don't you ever feel like you're just exhausted? <laughs> Like kind of sometimes, but on the weekend, I won't lie. I like sleeping until like noon on the weekends. And I only coach volleyball on like Tuesdays and Thursdays. So the other days I get to like sleep in a little bit more. So it's all about balance. Okay. So you're like almost getting eight hours sleep on most days. Almost. You're like edging (laughs) six and seven. Oh my goodness. So 
I am curious to hear. So obviously, like you're working full time. Do you have intentions of being a full time content creator? Or do you like love your job and you're not you're not leaving it? Yeah, so like, I think that's what makes me a little bit different than everyone. I'm actually like not working towards going full time. And like, all honesty, if I wanted to, I feel like the income that I make on social media is enough to go full time. But I just love my nine to five. Like I graduated with engineering. So I just like love that aspect of like STEM in my life. And that doesn't let me be as creative as like influencing. So I feel like it just itches different parts of my brain. So that's why I don't feel like I want to quit my full time anytime soon. Like I just love my nine to five so much. Yeah. And it's interesting because there are a few creators I've had conversations with in the past that say the same thing. And it's something that for me as a coach, I feel like I had to like reprocess my brain to like accept this because I just assume that everyone who is a content creator like wants to be full-time. But I've had so many conversations with people who are like, no, I just love my job. Like, and I love this too. Cause again, like it lets you, you know, have maybe two different passions and you kind of get to like, again, it's your brain with both of them. Yeah. And like, for me, it's like, it's like the type A OCD in me. I'm a big stability girl. And I know with like influencer income, like some months are crazy good. Some months are crazy bad. And that would just give me so much stress. Like I like a paycheck in the mail every two Mm. weeks. So that's something (laughs) that also has like really drawn me in. And I like see my influencer like I wouldn't call it a side hustle because I do like work really hard on it, but I would call that more as like my leisure money as opposed to like my necessity yeah. money. So like my nine to five covers everything on my basis. But if I wanted to travel, this girly loves to shop. So like we have to feel that shopping addiction. True. So that's where like my influencer side comes in. It's just really like extra money where, for example, if one day I'm feeling blocked or I don't want to post anything, I'm not pressuring myself to post because I do have like a nine to yeah. five to quote unquote fall back on this is more just if I'm feeling creative and I got the juices flowing I'll post but I'll never pressure myself to like make that my full-time income okay that makes sense so I'm also curious to hear too because I know even like I guess this kind of applies to everyone but for you specifically you do such like productions of photo shoots like I feel like your photo shoots aren't you're not just like taking a cell phone photo you know what I mean like (laughs) your photo shoots are very clearly like well planned out, well executed, editing, like it seems like that is a very in-depth process. So how do you make time to shoot? Like when do you shoot, especially if most of the time when you're working on influencer stuff, it's like after work at night? Yeah, for sure. So Sundays are a big shoot day for me. It's like a father daughter like bonding moment for me. So like I go home on the weekends. And my dad is actually like my photographer. So I plan everything out during the weekdays. And on Sundays, like the afternoons, my dad and I will batch shoot like weeks worth of content. So either we'll go to locations, if it's more like lifestyle photos, or if it's like the Photoshop photos that you're talking about, we have like a whole setup in my basement at home. And my dad like literally helps me take every single one. And we like grind them out for like five or six hours. We're just taking a bunch of photos. I'll show him the inspo from Pinterest or something. Mm -hmm. And we'll like work together on it. Then he'll like give me the photos on like a flash drive. And I'll like edit it when I'm like back home in Toronto. But it's like a really good like bonding experience for my dad, to be honest. And I just like look forward to those Sundays. (laughs) That is the cutest thing I've maybe ever heard. I feel like for (laughs) Father's Day, you need to like try and find a brand who will sponsor you to do like a Father's Day like shoe but where your dad is like in it too (laughs) that would be really cute 
<laughs> yeah, my dad is like such a G. Like even when I was like playing volleyball, he was like the team photographer and he bought like professional like photography oh gear to like take our photos because he's like the photos we get from like DSP, which is like the company that takes the photos yeah. for us, like, they're not good enough. Like I can do better. So he like that went out and so bought all funny. the gear. So he's like he's like a dance mom. Picture like a dance mom, but like a volleyball <laughs> dad version who turned into like an influencer dad. An influencer dad. I love that. <laughs> that is so funny. I love that. <laughs> so that is amazing. So when you say like you guys are are batching content, so do you typically batch content for like an entire week, for an entire month? Like how often are you doing those shoots? Yeah, so I shoot with him probably twice a month. And each time okay. we shoot, we shoot about four or five different concepts. <laughs> With Instagram reels being like a bigger thing, I have to do less like photos, which is actually better for me because the photos take the longest time and you can really reuse photos as reel covers, I found. Right. So doing like batch shoots to four to five concepts twice a week, that's like eight photos. I only really post a feed post once a week and then I go reels twice a week. So that's Mm -hmm. enough for me for about like a month or two of content. Obviously, if there's like a brand collab in there that has like a turnaround time within that, we'll like add an extra shoot in there. But I would say I probably shoot with my dad twice a month and that's enough for like one or two months of feed post content because sometimes if I'm out with friends or going to brunch, like sometimes just like a natural photo in the moment will come to you. Um, And then like the real stuff is more editing on my end. It's more video. So I don't really need my dad to help me. A lot of it's like behind the scenes, tips and tricks, like hauls and stuff. So TikToks and reels, I just film like in the moment the day of, and then I'll just slap like a reel cover on, whether it's like an older photo or just one that I don't think is like good enough to be a feed post. I'll make it like a reel (laughs) cover. I get that. (laughs) I understand that a hundred percent. Okay. That, that makes sense. And when you are going on these like Sunday batch shoot days, what does your planning process look like beforehand? Because my assumption is that you're not just like going into this blind. Like you said, you were showing him Pinterest photos. So like, I want to hear the like nitty gritty logistics of like, are you putting this in like a notion page? Like, how are you planning all of your content? Yeah. So I'm actually like super old school. I like to write everything down. So I'll have like my Pinterest inspo. And then here, I know like we can't really see on the podcast, but I'll have like (laughs) brainstorm ideas. And then I'll like write everything out in a little notebook. So when it's like time to show my dad, I'll be like, dad, these are the concepts. And I like whip out my like notebook and I'll tell him what it is. And I'll have like a Pinterest photo attached to it or like someone else's like Instagram post that gave me inspiration. I'll be like, dad, I want to do something similar to this, but this is my spin on it. And we like talk Mm -hmm. it through before we even shoot anything. And then when it's time to actually shoot, he has like a better idea of what I want and what my vision is and as we shoot he always does a thing where he'll take two photos then turn it around to let me see and I'll give him like no I want it a little higher I want it a little bit lower please and then we'll like keep going just to make sure it's as efficient as possible but beforehand I definitely write out what I want the photos to be have the inspo from Pinterest and like generally what like the caption will be like I'll have like the preview app too so I'll be Mm -hmm. like every time I see a good quote I'll be like oh that's like a good idea for some that I want to post about so I'll just put it as like a caption in the preview app and then when it's time to actually post I'll be like oh that's what I want this caption to be or something like that perfect that's really cool and so when you are like thinking of content ideas are you mainly using just like Pinterest for kind of like photo inspiration or where are you finding I guess a lot of your inspiration how do you think of ideas yeah for sure so 
Pinterest is a really good one for like the photo aspect, but a right. lot of my like captions and stuff are what I think my audience like resonates most with. And I have like a daily quote app on my phone. So a lot of the times when I see those quotes, it inspires me for something or just like a mm. tough time that I'm going through in my life right now. Like perhaps like burnout is a big one or like self image. Like if I find myself looking at the scale a lot or thinking like, oh my gosh, I feel so fat today, I feel like that's a really good topic to talk about in the caption so it's just a lot of that is just like my daily life and what I'm going through because I think with my page personally it's like a really like one-to-one like more intimate it's like it feels like a diary kind of where I talk about a lot of my struggles and how I can like motivate others to like get through tough times so I think a lot of the times it's just like my daily struggles I'll write them down in the notes app or if I have a random idea I'll write it down on the notes app so when it's time to actually come up with a caption or create the content, I'll have like a full list of things that I already want my post to be. And then I'll just have to get like the graphics or the caption that go with the like general idea. Okay. That makes sense. I'm listening to everything you're saying right now. And all I can think of is like, you must be a definitely like a type A person. Am I right? Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm the same way. And I think it comes a lot easier for us to be like planning stuff in advance and, you know, like making sure everything is really organized. And I always am like thinking about the people who are listening that are not type A's. And I'm like, I wonder like, what can I tell you that could make things a little bit easier? Like, do you have any friends or anything like that, that you've ever helped that are not type A and that you like, you know what I mean? Or any other creators you've talked to, like, do you have any good tips for anyone who maybe this doesn't like come as naturally to? Yeah, for sure. I would say maybe start with like one planning app, like preview or something. And maybe just like a notes app. So like anytime you just have any idea that you think of, just write it down on the notes app. You don't have to organize it into like what I want this day or what I want that day. Just if an idea comes to mind, write it down or else you're going to forget. And I think that's like the easiest thing for someone who's not type A is just scatterbrain, like just type words that you think come yeah like as they come to you and then when it's time for you to be like okay I should probably post something even if you don't have everything planned out you'll have like a general idea of what you want and then kind of right. go along that way it's really hard because I'm so type a where like I'm the kind of person where <laughs> if we're going to brunch I'll already look at the menu before so I like already know what I'm gonna yep. order so it's like tough with that part to give like advice like I don't yeah. I don't like the unknown is what I'm trying to say I am literally exactly the same way. And it's interesting for me too, because I, I mean, the way that I've created content has shifted so much. I guess the type of content has shifted as well, like similar to what you were saying, like we're doing more reels and things like that. Previously, when I was shooting a ton of photos and that was like my main, like creative photography was kind of like my main uh, like value that I was giving to my audience. I would plan out my content during the week. And then on Saturdays with the same thing, like every Saturday I would go out and I would shoot, you know, three to five outfits and I would have all of that content to post next week or the week after. And I was on like a very good schedule with that. But once I kind of like started posting more reels and less of that creative photography and almost started focusing more on like coaching and and, and that kind of education, I have completely changed the way that I create content. And it kind of like gives me anxiety sometimes because I don't (laughs) batch content now. So basically what I do is I'll 
go on Notion and make a calendar. And I'll literally like just put 30 ideas. Like I'll do, I'll sit down during like one week of the month and I'll think of all of my ideas. Again, just like sourcing from, from Pinterest, from inspo from other people's profiles, looking at what's trending, all of that. And I'll write down all of my ideas. And then what I'll do is that morning, like every morning I'll get up and that's the first thing I work on is like, all right, what are we posting today? I'll go to my little calendar and then I create the content right then and there. Um, So I am like rarely, rarely batch creating anymore. And I think as someone who is type A, it feels weird, but (laughs) I still do have that list, like my calendar of like, here's the idea. So I honestly think for people who are not type A, even just like you said, having a list of ideas is so much better than nothing because even if again you're gonna like wake up in the morning and like all right I gotta figure out what to post today you go to that list pull something from there you can create it right then and there take an old photo uh write the caption or whatever it is but I think just having like an idea bank almost can be so so helpful yeah and also like the idea bank or like the idea list or whatever you want to call it it's so great for like time management too because like as you heard like I'm so busy I don't have time in the time that I dedicated for me to film to also come up with ideas right and a lot of the times right like you have I don't know I like to have my makeup done sometimes when I'm like filming and stuff so yeah. I'm, like, I'm not gonna put on makeup every single day like if I designated today to be yeah. my makeup day I'm gonna like grind out as much content as I can because this face is not putting makeup on for like the next week so (laughs) I always like to be like prepared that way and just making sure I'm making like the most out of my time because again like Mm -hmm. I'm so busy but I feel like with TikTok too I'm I'm more like in the moment I like don't wear makeup when I'm on TikTok and it's a lot of like hauls Lululemon videos like all that kind of stuff which I think is just you have to kind of do it in the moment, to be honest, like with TikTok, with trends, if you batch it, I've had so many things yeah. in my drafts where I batch them. And then by the time I want to post them, the trend's like over and I'm like, okay, exactly. well, that was a waste of time anyway. So TikTok's very like in the moment, I would say. Yeah. And it's interesting because I am the type of person too, where like, and, and this is why I love shooting on Saturdays is because like, I didn't have to put makeup on throughout the whole week, but it is almost been kind of like this like personal challenge or like personal journey for me to get up and film my videos without like like not feeling like I have to put makeup on I always will have to pencil in my eyebrows look okay that's like my (laughs) one thing I'm sorry like my eyebrows I feel literally naked without it but it takes two seconds for me to do that and so typically like what I've been trying to kind of like test myself with is like all right Kristen you can put your eyebrows on, but like, we don't need foundation. Like we don't have to wear a full face of makeup every day to do this. And again, something very out of my comfort zone. Cause I think with Instagram, especially like we've been so conditioned to like, just like show up at your best every single day mm-hmm. that you show up. And I've been challenging myself to like, not do that so much. And another thing I noticed too, is like, when I post something on Instagram, the quality of it is typically so bad that you literally like can't even see the stuff that I was like worried about people seeing on my face anyway. It's like a natural so blur. It's literally, yeah. So like I, I'm I'm trying to definitely like step out of my comfort zone there and get more comfortable with that. Cause it's true, like I'm not waking up to like with the way I've been creating content, I can't wake up and put on a full face of makeup every day. That's crazy. It's way too much. Yeah. 
Totally. And that's, it's like, so fair. I'm so, like, you, like, for me, not so much eyebrows, but, like, eyelashes. If I don't have my falsies <laughs> on, I'm, like, I can't be a confident queen today. So it's just, like, sometimes I'll pop those on and I'll film any content that I need. And I'm, like, okay, now I feel like a queen again. Like, when I have those eyelashes <laughs> on, I'm a new woman. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, and I think that's totally normal. Like, there's – if if there's something you need to feel confident to create content, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like – but it's interesting to like push yourself outside of the typical like I'm gonna put a full face makeup on and and have to do that. I've been trying to not do that and see what happens. Um, so I'm curious with collaborations. So you had mentioned that a lot of the times, like you're on Sundays, you're shooting your content, but if a collaboration comes up, you know, like maybe you have to film that and like that might cause you to like have to throw in a third week of filming if you're usually only doing two weeks Mm -hmm. so um with collaborations that you have like a quick turnaround time for um I'm curious, A, if that's something you typically charge for, but B, is it something that kind of like throws off your whole schedule and you're like, oh my God, I have to like go home this weekend. It's going to be crazy. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So in contract, I always make sure that the turnaround time is about two weeks from when I receive the product. It's like really tough when people are like, okay, we want it one week from when we send it. I'm like, hey, listen, I live in Canada. Sometimes it's stuck at the border for like a month anyways. Yeah. So always... Yeah, I always make sure it's like two weeks from when I receive the product, which kind of like falls in line with my batching content. But obviously, sometimes they're like, no, like this is an Easter launch or something. We really have to get it out ASAP. So I do definitely charge a rush fee for that. And then yeah, I'll probably just like go home. And if it's on like not one of the biweeklies, I'll just like take the content with my dad. And it's not like too mm-hmm. big of a deal. It is definitely rush. But I mean, like if they're paying a rush fee, I'm like, okay, it's fine. We'll do it. Right. Um, and typically, like if I'm doing a video content, I can usually film it here, like in Toronto with me. It's only if it's a static photo content that right. I need to like do with my dad. So it also like just depends on what the product is, what deliverables are and like all that stuff. But typically it's not too high stress I haven't there hasn't been a situation where I'm like oh my gosh like this is too much but definitely on a like more rushed than relaxed schedule if it's like that yeah and I think it's so smart that you are charging like a rush fee and it's something that maybe a lot of creators don't even know is an option um typically that two-week turnaround once you receive the product is industry standard so if it's anything that's less than two weeks yes for everyone listening you definitely should be charging with rush fees I've honestly like I've never really heard an industry standard for a rush fee but honestly I've always done like 20% of what my rate is the for the deliverables as the rush fee um and sometimes I think it's difficult to get brands to agree to it and a lot of times if I mention okay well that's you know less than the industry standard two week turnaround I have to charge a rush fee it's this much money a lot of times they'll just be like okay fine (laughs) like you don't have to rush it then because they don't want to pay the extra like have you ever found yourself in that situation um I actually don't think I've ever had a brand be like, okay, never mind. Like, don't rush. Typically when they <laughs> rush, it's like a rush. But I've I've never had like a brand 
say no to my rush fee because I always say like, okay, to make sure I produce you the highest quality of work and you know how much time it takes me to like plan, shoot, edit, like, et cetera. I'm like seeing the quality of my content. If you want it up to that level, it takes two weeks to do. So if you want that faster, it will be a rush fee. And I think like when I spill it out to them saying like, it's going to be that quality or worse. If you like don't want it in that right. rush fee, then they're more likely to be like, okay, like, sure, we'll do the rush fee. And then I tell them like, typically why it takes so long, like my Photoshop process like takes like days on end. And they're and right. they, like kind of it makes more sense in their head. They're like, okay, yes, that makes sense. You're not just like randomly charging me an extra fee. I've never had a brand say no, if it is like rushed in that case, right? Yeah. And I think that's a very smart thing to do is, is spelling it out for them and saying like, this is why I'm not just trying to be like difficult and ridiculous by charging this extra money, but like you're asking me to do a lot in a very small amount of time. And I think it really puts it into perspective for a lot of brands, especially now when so many creators are like so casual with their content. Like we're taking iPhone photos and stuff, but like they should know going into it. Like if they're hiring you for a photo, like it's going to be extra and it, you know what I mean? Like it's going to be a production. And so to throw a production together in less than two weeks is a lot to ask anyone, you know, like any company, but never mind a company that is one person who has to do everything themselves. Yeah. I think like the whole iPhone creator thing is really making it like more difficult for people who still like do like yeah actual like for like camera photography because I totally see out in the brand's eyes if it's an iPhone photo they're like why can't you just snap it really quick and right. post it? but there's just like so much more production like you said that goes into it when you're doing like DSLR than like editing on Photoshop right. and stuff so like just really making sure you're on the same page with the brand I think is one of the biggest tips that I have is really like like you said spelling it out for them spoon feeding them and just making sure they get why you're saying what you are you're not just like throwing a bunch of like BS at them Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think so many brands too, like if you can explain it to them, they're typically pretty understanding, you know, like if, if you can say like, again, this is exactly why I'm asking for this. They're like, okay, so that makes sense. Like, all right, fine. Yeah. Um, totally. so, I think there's know. nothing worse though. Like when you're negotiating with a brand, they're like difficult to negotiate with. You finally land at a rate and you're like, okay, this is good. But then after that, they're like, but we need usage rights or like, but we need this. And then you have to be like, but then it's going to be this, right? And you go back to negotiating. I think that's like the most awkward thing ever because it's like, it was already so hard to get to this one, right? And now they want more. So I have to charge more. It's so frustrating, but also like they should know at this point that, these are things we need to know to figure out a rate. Like it's not just like stuff you throw in. I think most brands know that. I think they're just trying to get, you know, pull one over on you. Cause like at this point, you know, we've been charging for usage rights for very many years at this point, (laughs) like enough years that like brands know what's going on. I feel like they know. They know. <laughs> yeah, I'm like at the beginning now, whenever we start negotiating, I'm like, please let me know the timeline, deliverables, usage. Yeah, I like just list them all out so they can like bang it all out in one email as opposed to like mm-hmm. going back and forth for like 10 to 12 emails. I'm just like, just tell me all the information now and we'll make yeah. it work. <laughs> Exactly. And so, I mean, like for that too, I think making it more efficient for you, again, as someone who doesn't have a ton of time to like be sitting around negotiating forever, that is definitely kind of like almost a productivity hack. I think for someone with not a lot of time is like in that initial email asking, these are all the things that I need to know to consider uh, to figure out the rate. So you got to let me know all of these things. Do you have any other kind of 
like productivity hacks like that, that, you know, you think are, are helpful for you when managing tasks or saving time for maybe people who don't have a lot of time? For sure. I think like to-do lists are huge for me. Like I, on my iPad, I have like a to-do list that I like physically write and then I like check off as I go. I think like just like kind of like the idea generation, like notepad, where you just like have a bunch of things you want to get done. You have a to-do list and then you like check them all off. I think it's like easier so you don't like forget things and then you're more productive that way because you can just sit down, look at your to-do list and be like, okay, I can bang out all of these. Something else that has like super helped me too, I... I read a book, I don't remember, I think it was Atomic Habits, but it could be another book where they talk about like the two minute rule or the one touch rule, which is like kind of the same thing where if something takes less than two minutes, like just do it now. Don't like push it off Mm. to later because those things start to add up and then you start to get overwhelmed. So if it just takes less than two minutes, do it now, similar to the one touch rule where it's like, if I'm picking up my AirPods, I'm going to put it back in its spot right away. And it only takes one touch because it's just like, then I don't have to worry about it later. And I think a a lot of those like little mini tasks turns into like a big one. So when you don't have a lot of time, just doing things as you see them and like just being quick about it. I think honestly, at the end of the day, in the grand scheme, it saves so much time because then you have more time to do like the long, like tedious things. You don't have to keep doing a bunch of those like little mini tasks. I've never heard of either of those. That's awesome. I I read Atomic Habits and didn't hear about those. So it must have been a different book. And now I want to know what book it is. (laughs) You'll have to find out and let me know. Um, Yeah, that first one almost sounds like Eat the Frog. Like I feel like anyone who's listened to this podcast has heard me talk about Eat the Frog. And it's almost like, just do the stupid stuff that you don't want to do. Like just do it now and get it over with because then you don't have to worry about it. And it's not like building up anxiety for you and like building up this like, Oh oh my gosh, I'm going to have to do this later. Like I think about that all the time with like my income and expenses. That is something I always make sure to eat the frog with because if I don't do it once a week, then at the end of the month, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have a whole month of income and expenses to go through. I don't even know which Amazon purchase was which. Like, It's so much easier if you just do it when you're supposed to do it. And just even though it sucks and it's like a task you really are not looking forward to, just getting it done and like getting it out of the way really, I think, saves time, but also saves like so much stress and anxiety that is just like unnecessary. Yeah, for sure. I like I'm the kind of person who puts off posting Pinterest pins to like once a month. And I like repost all my TikToks onto Pinterest. So when it's like okay. that time of the month, I'm always like, why don't I do this once a week? Then I'll only have to post like eight or nine. But every single right. time, it's like the end of the month. And I'm like, shoot, it's time to post these Pinterest pins. Yeah. And it takes me like hours on end posting them. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a really good tip for anyone listening to is like looking at the stuff that takes you a really long period of time. Like what if you're looking at your to do list, you're looking at like what your day looks like. What the heck did you spend the most time on? And then asking yourself, are these tasks that maybe I should do in smaller increments more frequently so that I don't have to spend three to five hours like posting Pinterest pins? Because like that is an entire day, basically. Like that's probably all of the hours that you have in that day to be working on things. And especially as someone with a nine to five, I think you have to look at those tasks and be like work smarter, not harder. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, and like I saw this quote somewhere and they were saying how when you do the little tasks, people always ask like, how are you so productive? And someone Mm. answered, they're like, I'm actually like incredibly lazy because thinking about it, like if I have to do this all at once, absolutely not. But if I'm doing a bunch of these little tasks, it's preventing me from being like, so lazy because it's easy to do one little thing and I'm so lazy that it's like okay fine I'll put this away <laughs> but if I ever had to like do it all at once absolutely not like it would never get done because I'm not lazy <laughs> yeah and, and I mean that makes sense I think that's all of us <laughs> in reality like we want to make life as easy as possible and so I really do love the idea of just like finding the ways like analyzing what you're doing to find ways that you can make that happen for you I feel like that's also so type a of us it's like let's find the inefficiencies in our like daily routine (laughs) it probably is so for anyone who's not type a let us know I hope that we're not only talking to type a people (laughs) but maybe if we are talking to people who are not type a you should take some notes about little things like this that you can do become more yeah, exactly. in your life it's a little thing it's a little thing in life <laughs> exactly um Aaron thank you so much for hanging out this was a lot of fun I feel like everyone who's listening that has a nine-to-five job is probably feeling very good about all of the things that you do and how you manage them and probably saying to themselves okay if she can play volleyball and she can play soccer and have a nine-to-five job and freaking be a content creator like I've got this. Like, <laughs> so you thank this. you. If there's a will, there's a way. Everyone, we can do it. We can do it together. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me.